Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Kathy is a 56-year-old patient in your practice who calls you the day after she had bunion surgery. She states the block wore off during the night and now she's in severe pain. She started taking the opioids the surgeon gave her, but they're just not doing anything for her. She asked the surgeon if she could take an anti-inflammatory to help and was told no, that NSAIDs actually alter and delay the healing process. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and joining me is Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioners Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Jill, does this story sound familiar? It sounds very familiar, Frank, and, and thank you for bringing it up. I'm wondering, you know, just off the top, how should we approach Kathy's pain, and how should we look at it postoperatively? Well, I, 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 uh, patients don't come to us necessarily for the management of their post-op pain, um, but when we know we're referring patients and they're probably going to need pain, it opens the door for us to talk about managing that pain both before and after the surgery. So in Kathy's case, what I probably should have done is talk to her about the importance of starting pain medication before the block wore off. Um, maybe before the procedure, she could have taken some acetaminophen, so it was in her system, or an NSAID, and, and, and then afterwards, she should be taking medication while she's not having pain to help try to prevent uh, the sudden onset, onset of severe pain once the anesthetic wore off. So in my mind, we probably have a responsibility in helping better inform our patients how to approach their pain um, both prior and immediately after the surgery. I mean, I think that's, that's excellent because it's, you know, it's preventative and, you know, how much time does that take to, you know, let the patient know what the, the process is of their pain and how they should manage it. Mm -hmm. So how effective are non-opioid agents? What, how do they compare? Well, so this is one of those areas where I think we can make, a again, a very big difference in our patients' lives. We have wonderful data that shows combining acetaminophen with a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory gives you as good, if not better, pain control than opioids for acute musculoskeletal pain. It's one of those things that um, we assume gee, treating with an opioid that's going to give the patient the best pain relief, and actually it's a fallacy. Uh, think about how NSAIDs work. They stop the inflammatory process at the site of the injury. Opioids work by clouding your sensorium to the pain. It alters the central nervous system rather than the source of pain. So I always recommend patients take an anti-inflammatory and anti-inflammatories combined with acetaminophen are synergistic. That's why so many opioids are also combined with acetaminophen because they tend to have a synergistic effect on pain. My typical press preference is to tell patients to take about 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen and uh, either 800 milligrams of ibuprofen or 500 milligrams of naproxen um, every six hours. 
that combination will give you wonderful pain relief, stops the pain at the site um, where they're having trouble, and is, is very safe and effective. So uh, that, that, that's my take on it. Um, and how many days do you actually have them do a routine such as that? I know it's going to probably depend on what they had you know, done and what their pain is like. Sure. Well, if someone was going in for surgery, I'd have them take those two, those two medications, uh, a combination of acetaminophen and, and an anti-inflammatory, maybe uh, start the day before or a couple hours before their procedure, as long as it's within the window that anesthesia says is okay. And then I would have them do that you know, every eight hours, say for the next three to five days after surgery. And I would use the opioid that they're going to get as for breakthrough pain. So I would, I would try to do it up front, and I would, I would use the opioid only if they started noticing worsening pain thereafter. And the NSAID, you can do that um, three, five, seven days, especially if they're healing from a bony injury um, without any danger at all. So Frank, what about NSAIDs and non-union of fractures? Okay, so um, I've had multiple musculoskeletal injuries and have been told repeatedly by my surgeons that NSAIDs delay healing. Um, and so uh, there was a, a very recent study that uh, was published in the uh, musculoskeletal injury literature that looked at how, uh, what drugs increase the risk of fracture nonunion. And sure enough, NSAIDs do, acute use of NSAIDs does increase the risk of fracture nonunion to the very same degree as acute use of opioids. They both increase the risk of fracture nonunion. That risk is very small. The drugs that increase the risk the greatest for fracture nonunion is chronic use of opioids. So our chronic opioid users have the highest risk of developing a fracture nonunion. So uh, it, this is a myth that needs to be busted. We need to get the word out that NSAIDs um, offer the same, acute NSAID use offers the same risk as acute opioid use, and therefore we should probably choose the safer drug first. And acute use of NSAIDs, um, unless a patient has is elderly or is has horrible renal insufficiency, is unlikely to cause any serious problem over uh, a week or two weeks, even five weeks. It's only when their use is for over six weeks where they, they start increasing GI bleed risk. Whereas opioids, as we know, once you've used it for more than five days, your risk of dependence goes up logarithmically. Significantly, yes. Um, and I'm just wondering, so I just think about, I think, Frank, both you and I have been practicing for many years. I remember when NSAIDs were like the foundation with your pain control along with opioids, especially for orthopedic procedures. So now we've got to turn the tide back the other way, and I think we have a really big job ahead of us um, because the thinking has been no NSAIDs with surgical procedures that involve the musculoskeletal system. Yep, I think you're right. I think we have to go back to how we, we did before. We need to do this professionally in the primary care world where we remind our patients of this beforehand. And if a patient says, gee, my surgeon told me X, Y, or Z, I think we need to reach out. I actually sent this paper to my colleague who operated on Kathy and said, gee, you know, she called me because she was having severe pain and told me, you said this. Based upon this paper, I told her she really needs to be aggressively using uh, NSAIDs to control her pain. If she gets a non-union, well, that's a known adverse effect of treating pain, whether it's with the NSAID or with the opioid. 
And so how was that call received? Because I think we don't communicate enough with our specialty providers and, you know, in, in sharing information or even asking questions. So, you know, I think we have to be not afraid to communicate. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right. Our job's primarily to be our patient's advocate in this case. And I'm glad she called me. At first I was a little annoyed, but then I was glad she <laughs> called me. And when I called my, my peer, I said, gee, you know, I'm really worried about chronic opioid addictions and so forth. And uh, she told me that, and I read this in the literature, this seems like a really well done study. What's right? Is using opioids first line, or is it okay for me to give her this? Uh, I kind of put the onus on them to tell me I was wrong, instead of me telling them they were wrong. And they had the same professional courtesy that I want to extend to them. They said, gee, let me look at it. I hadn't seen that data. We were only taught about NSAIDs. Great. So how did it work out for Kathy Frank? Well, she was thrilled. She was pleased to use the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory rather than the opioid for pain. She was having less constipation, less dry mouth, and felt more secure walking around in her crutches. And she had very good pain control and, and didn't need the opioid um, after the second day. So I think overall it worked out well. Great. Well, Jill, thanks for, thanks for discussing this case with me. I, I know Kathy appreciated my help and uh, hopefully our, our friends in the operative world will, will change their behavior a bit. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Using nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories increase the risk of fracture non-union to the same degree as opioids do. Choose the safer drug. Use NSAIDs um, on a scheduled basis to control pain and save opioids for breakthrough pain. Battling burnout practice pointer. Communicate with your peers, both in primary care and in specialty practice, asking them about best practices and your thoughts on what you might be doing to improve your patient's care. Join us next time when we discuss early introduction of solids to the breastfed infant. And for more timely, relevant, and practical medical education, check out primed.com. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.